Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Exhibiting Kinship, a podcast dedicated to discussing Indigenous interventions in the museum world. My name is Felicia Garcia. I am one of your hosts. And I am Miranda Roberts, Northern Paiute, another one of your hosts. Uh, Welcome to our first episode. Uh, In future weeks, we will be featuring uh, different guests uh, from the museum field. But today, Miranda and I will just be taking some time to introduce ourselves and the podcast. Yes, and we are so excited to be able to provide you all with this podcast and to facilitate many different discussions about what it is to work in the museum world as Indigenous people, artists, curators, etc. All right, so I guess we'll just go ahead and start by giving some brief introductions about ourselves. Uh, So uh, my name is Felicia Garcia. As I said, I'm Samala Shumash from San Ynez, California. Um, I grew up on my tribe's reservation there, and I currently live in Tewa Territory, uh, Ogopoge, or White Shell Water Place, which many of you might know as Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, I currently work as the Curator of Education at the School for Advanced Research's Indian Arts Research Center, where I manage an artist fellowship program, an internship program, and community outreach here in Santa Fe. I'm so uh, privileged to be able to do this work. Um, Before coming to Santa Fe, I received a bachelor's degree in psychology at Willamette University, where um, I did research on the psychological impact of Native American themed mascots. And after that, I went to NYU for my master's degree in museum studies, where um, I wrote a master's thesis about the importance of indigenous land acknowledgement in U.S. museums. And um, as a part of that project, I developed a guide to indigenous land acknowledgements for cultural institutions, which you can find online at landacknowledgements.org. Um, So that's a little bit about me. I'll turn it over to Miranda now. Hi again, everybody. My name is, I will preface it by saying I'm a Dr. Miranda Roberts. Um, I am Northern Paiute. I'm an enrolled member of the Yarrington Paiute tribe that is in in Nevada, but I grew up in Southern California near Riverside. Um, And I have an undergraduate degree from Cal State San Bernardino in history and my master's and doctorate are in from UC Riverside um, in public history and Native American studies, where my PhD focused on how several women basket weavers in California utilized or were able to maintain sovereignty and agency through basket weaving techniques that were carried on from their grandmothers and their ancestors. Um, And that work ultimately led me to the Field Museum of Natural History, which is in Chicago and where I am currently at, which Chicago is the homelands of many different communities, but including the Ojibwe, the Odawa, the Potawatomi, the Ho-Chunk, Miami, Ayanoka, Peoria, and many, many, many more. And I'm very lucky to be able to call this land my home for right now. Um, And my work right now, as well, in addition to the basket weaver stories, are helping the Field Museum renovate its 70-year-old Native American hall, um, where it had been stagnant for about 70 years with interventions here or there by Native artists. But it's a completely different take on the hall and the representation that has been done at the Field Museum in the past, 
with over, I think, 70 different artists um, and 70 different people telling different stories about collection items that are located at the museum. And I, my work is ultimately trying to help the field, uh, literally and <laughs> in Chicago, move towards a way of better working with indigenous people um, and trying to make them understand the true meaning of decolonization, at least from how I understand it. And yeah, and that's that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> um, well, and I guess we should talk about how we came together to embark on this uh, journey with the podcast. Um, so Miranda and I both participated in the Peabody Essex Native American Fellowship Program. Um, I was a fellow in 2017. And Miranda, what year were you there? 2016. Okay, so one right after the other. Um, but yeah, I met Miranda when she came back to present during my time as a fellow, and she did a really great presentation about her PhD um, top dissertation, and um, that's how we met. Um, and actually, just a quick plug for the Peabody Essex Native Fellowship Program. Their uh, application is currently open for 2021, and the deadline for that is January 22nd. So if you are an indigenous person who is interested in working in the museum field, definitely um, check out this opportunity. Um, I think it's a great way to um, to get involved. Yeah, and please, we are going to post about it um, on our Instagram soon, which all the information will provide all of that at the end. And so you can have the information and spread it to people who you think might be interested. Yes. Um, and then I feel like we have just known each other like within the field and have, you know, had a lot of mutual connections. And then um, we recently came together to do a presentation for the Field Museum on land acknowledgement for Indigenous Peoples Day. Yes, me or uh, my colleague, uh, our colleague, Deborah Yepapapan, who is the community engagement coordinator at the Field Museum for the Native American Hall. Uh, was asked by our um, some of our development team on doing a presentation for um, the masses at large about land acknowledgments um, on Indigenous Peoples Day. And we didn't, Deborah really didn't want it to be just uh, people like me or um, Felicia just talking at people. She wanted us to have a conversation. And so that conversation actually produced, I think, apparently one of the more um, thorough understandings of what these land acknowledgements are supposed to be, because I think it's been seen by like over 6,000 people, which is insane. And kind of what we um, did, I didn't expect that at the time. So uh, Felicia and I connected again afterwards. And I think we both realized that these are conversations that indigenous people want to have, but also that people who are not indigenous want to hear about from a more um from different points of view and I think that that's what brought us here together as well yeah um I mean I was so surprised when we had so many views um I think Deborah mentioned that we had reached our capacity for registration which I think was maybe a hundred attendees and I was absolutely shocked and now we have over I think 6,000 views and so it really demonstrated the need for these kinds of conversations um, within the field. 
Um, that's going to be confusing talking about the museum field and the field yeah, museum. I can, I will. <laughs> I know. I when I'm writing something, I am <laughs> field museum, not the museum field. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, I mean we wanted to come together and create a space for not just our own voices to be heard, um, but to bring, um, you know, other indigenous folks who have experience within the field, not necessarily museum professionals, but as Miranda mentioned, a whole range of different folks from artists, community members, um, activists, leaders, et cetera, to come together and have these important conversations. Definitely. And to also kind of, I think, make it easier for even other Indigenous people to hear each other because our we all, our field is small, but we still don't, are not able to connect to everybody. And I think that having a place where we can have like a starter discussion and then branch out and have more people connect with one another is a great resource to have. And I hope that this would also serve that cause. Yeah, and just kind of on that note, you know, just um, I think it's important to have representation to see other Indigenous folks doing the work and honestly struggling at times. I think it's important to see that other people are going through the same things as you and it's important to show younger um, aspiring museum professionals that they're we're creating a space for us, you know, and that it's important work and um yeah, again, I, I just think representation is so important. Agreed. And I think that's a good way to kind of segue into some of the questions that have been asked, like, what are you actually going to talk about? Or what are mm-hmm. you actually representing? And I, for me, and I think for you too, we've both been very adamant, like, we want to give everyone topics that are always discussed. So repatriation, um, decolonization, artists, all, um, all a range of different topics, but we won't be the only ones talking. Um, because at the end of the day, for me, I, I don't have all the answers to all of the solutions that are in these institutions or anything like that. I only know what I know and can help people try to figure out how they can get things to be better where they're working or to better represent indigenous people in their space. But, um, Every tribe is different. Every community has different needs. Every community has different um, agenda or not agendas, but initiatives already in place that mm-hmm. I maybe not be aware. So when I say things, it's never, if I talk about repatriation or decolonization, it's just something that um, I also need help with learning. And I would, I'm learning as well alongside of you and can offer my insights, but I can't be the sole person authority and so I would hope that people listening to this will realize that we are just here to have a conversation and there are many different answers but this is a good place to start yeah exactly I mean I would never consider myself to be an expert on anything and um you know neither of us speak for all indigenous people or you know I'm not the voice of my community I'm just me Uh, speaking for my own individual experiences, which, you know, it's important to point out, I attended some um, 
Western academic institutions to develop the knowledge that I do have. And so uh, my experience and my perspective is framed by that. And so I think that's just important to consider throughout this podcast is that, you know, I have my own biases while my culture, my community, my family really does shape a lot of my perspectives. I also um, have been trained in Western colonial institutions. And so a lot of my perspective uh, probably does come from, uh, you know, that place. And yeah, and to branch off of that, um, uh, you know, I realize that having a doctorate is a place of privilege. um, And something that I think only has, um, it happens very rarely, unfortunately, for indigenous people, like 0.01% of us get a doctorate. And I have um, an immense privilege in that. Um, One that I hold dearly to my heart that I try to make sure I utilize in a way that makes space for all of us um, in these spaces. But again, just because I am trying to make space doesn't mean that once that space is made that I know what a community needs or wants. Um, And my take on things is a little bit more of an activist lens. (laughs) I'm a little bit more... um, I guess you could say a little bit more radical in some approaches and maybe others might be, and that's perfectly okay because I, what I do is for myself and how I would like things to be done. Uh, But again, I don't represent everybody. I don't represent even my whole community who has their own set of issues that um, I would hope to address later on, but um, you know, that I can't say this for as a representative of them. I'm only doing this work to make it better for all of us um, in the best way I know how. And I think, you know, well, we might not always get it right. Felicia and I, well, we might, you know, we might say something or we might not always be um, succinct, but I think that as long as we're honest about that with each other and with all of you, then that's a great way to continue to grow. Yeah. I mean, I, every single day I, you know, think about this incredible community that we have of Indigenous folks who work in the arts or in the museum field. And I just feel, I feel like that's, you know, what I'm bringing to the table. It's not my expertise or, you know, I mean, I feel like I have some experiences that I can speak from, but I also have this like great community of folks who have just been, you know, great support and great resources. Um, And I think that we just really want to create a platform to to highlight that community and um, have some conversations with some of these amazing individuals who inspire us. Same. I mean, I am nothing without all of the wonderful people that I have been able to meet through my work in museums and across Chicago and um, in different conferences. And there are a range of people. They're not um, necessarily academics. They're not necessarily um people who care that much about museums, but still have an opinion on what they would like to see done. And it's just an amazing group of people who I know that between the two of us who we know that really have an insight that we probably don't have. And I feel like, like Felicia said, that's our strength that we're going to be able to bridge these, these gaps in our knowledge, but also in helping people better understand the bigger issues at large. Um, and so it's a very humbling under undertaking to do so. 
Yeah. And just, I mean, circling back to something Miranda kind of touched on earlier is, you know, we're not always going to have the right answers and we honestly might say the wrong thing sometimes. But I mean, for me personally, I am willing to learn in public, you know, Mm -hmm. doing this podcast is, I mean, I am aware of the fact that I'm probably going to mess up or some people are probably not going to agree with me, but we are open to any sort of um, conversations that people might want to have about the things that we say. And, um, you know, if someone feels like I've said the wrong thing, I am willing to listen and to learn. And um, yeah, I think it's a very vulnerable position to be here doing this podcast. I agree. Because yeah, we're not gonna, there's, there's, given the beauty of this field, there's also, there's just so many different answers to so many different questions that we're going to have a, we might say something and people might say like, you can't say that, or you can't be the be all end all. And again, I don't, I hope that we wouldn't ever say like, that is like, that's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) But I would hope also that people would feel able to approach us and say like, Hey, this is why this offended me, or this is why this upset me. Cause I do want to know, I want to grow as well. And one of my goals for 2021 is to um, continue to have more thorough conversations with some of these people who will be on the podcast on a personal level, just to be able to better understand their own needs. So beyond the podcast is also trying to educate myself um, and to just, how can I make space in ways that they are help asking me to, to be a better listener um, is what my goal, one of my goals is for 2021. I think that's a great goal. Um, Man, I haven't really been reflecting on my goals for the year, (laughs) but um, I guess I would say that one of my goals is to, I think just to, I mean, Miranda and I talked about this before is like we, do a lot of code switching, but I think I would like to be more like unapologetically myself in the work that I do. I sometimes feel like I have kind of a double life. You know, I have the work that I do in my nine to five, and then I have my side projects, which includes, you know, advocating for land acknowledgement and now doing this podcast. And sometimes I feel like we are really limited by the field and the dynamics of working in museums or, you know, cultural institutions, but I would love to kind of blur that line a bit where I don't have to code switch so often. And um, I think by doing that, I think Miranda does a really great job of that. And, you know, she's a good, you know, I think that you are not afraid to, um, to, you know, be true to yourself and your values. And I really respect that. And, and we can be, um, I think it's a good thing to show other younger people in the field or more aspiring uh, professionals that, you know, you don't have to, um, you don't have to sacrifice any of your values to, to do this work in these institutions. Definitely. And thank you for for saying that. And I think one thing I would love to touch on in the podcast later on and our episodes is this idea of, of being an indigenous person in a space that is inherently created out of a narrative that we weren't indigenous people from all over the world weren't meant to, you know, be here anymore. We were ex- becoming extinct when all of our items started to become um 
stolen or taken from us or bought from us. And again, that those narratives are completely different as well. Um, but uh, I, like I said earlier, come from a place of privilege where I have a doctorate, but I also have a family that would wel would welcome me back home with open arms and help me if anything ever happened where if I did say something too radical and it had an effect on my um, position or anything like that. And I recognize that. Um, and that's why I'm able, I think, to do what I do. Um, and why I also feel the need to keep doing it because I want to make that, I want to make it so people don't feel like they have to have, like Felicia was saying, one or the other, it should exist as both. Um, and yeah, that's where my goals, where my goal in this work comes from is to make it easier for our, our next generation and where they don't have to feel like they have to sacrifice any part of themselves. Um, I would hope that it happens in my generation or my lifetime, but I don't know, but we will see. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think it's important to acknowledge that there are so many other amazing individuals who have come before us who have made it that much easier mm -hmm. to do this work. And, you know, it has its challenges, but there have been others who, you know, are generations before us who have started to create that space for us. And, um, yeah, I just think it's always important to recognize the, the work that's already been done and the work that other people are, are doing around us. Yeah. And I hope that we can bring some of those visionaries and movers and shakers that are still with us, um, to the podcast and have a discussion with them about, is this like the path that they've always wanted to see? Is there something different? Um, and also just to have political faces on uh, how these sites of museums are political in many ways um, and have various discussions about that. Yeah, um, we have such an amazing list of guests that we would love to have on the podcast. And so um, we're looking forward to you know, announcing some of that as we uh, can confirm these guests. Um, but I just wanted to touch on the structure of the podcast. We are hoping to do two episodes per month. As of the recording of this episode, we don't have a set uh, release date for each of those episodes, but uh, two per month, uh, you can definitely expect from us. And then um, as far as the structure of each episode, maybe Miranda, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think what we have is you, we will always be here. We will always be me and Felicia and a guest. Um, just kind of having a topic per week, maybe, or per month, probably, um, that addresses like, so for example, decolonization. And we have speakers who are here to talk to us about what that is and what it looks like um, and what it should be. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's just going to be an academic. It could be an artist. It could be multiple different voices um, where we would hope that there are many different um, ways that you can look at these things and then, you know, take it with you and share it and continue to grow um, and have your own discussions as well. And always with the mind of, um, again, we are trying our best and there's so many more voices. These are just the ones that we have um, been able to build relationships with over time and that are the one, uh, the ones that we are aware of. But if, again, if you know anyone who you think we should know, um, please feel free to send us an email through the website, um, exhibitingkinship.com. 
and we would be happy to add you, your friends, people who you may know to the list so we can continue to grow our own understandings and networks too. Yeah. And I mean, some of these topics are just so huge that they cannot be covered in one episode. You know, thinking about um, repatriation and NAGPRA, there are so many individuals that I would, you know, love to have conversations with about those topics. And so, you know, we might have uh, one person on the, featured on the podcast talking about those topics, but it doesn't mean we won't circle back and cover that topic again with another guest who has a different experience and different perspective. Right. And also, I never said the Field Museum, the new hall renovation will be done, well, quote unquote done by November um, of this year, this new year. And one thing that I think is amazing, given the structure of the hall, as well as our podcast and the timing, is we have contemporary artists who we're working with um, from across the um, United States that would um, are creating new pieces of art or uh, music or anything like that where they have gone into the field museum collection either virtually or physically before the pandemic and are creating new pieces that respond to those historical or those ancestors and there's been a few people who have agreed already to come and discuss like what does that look like what does that mean how does that feel um and kind of lending this feature of like maybe it's an every month type of thing where one podcast is dedicated to one of the artists from the field museum or every other month. But those discussions are going to also cover a wide range of, of topics about specifically decolon decolonizing quote unquote museums from many different artists and scholars. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the, the exhibit that you're working on or the remodel just like really speaks to this moment and what, uh, I feel like it's an exciting time, you know, I mean, there's a lot of like really disheartening stuff happening in museums every single day as well. But there's also, you know, all of these really amazing projects that involve community members and artists and like uh, providing the opportunity to like re-engage with collections. And while, I mean, I know some of us, the ideal outcome would be for these collections to return to communities. I mean, right now what we have to work with is museums. And I think there is a lot of really exciting uh, stuff happening in the field right now. And there's a lot of really um, innovative projects that we are going to have a chance to talk about on this podcast. And again, um, re we going are going back to again the museum stand in the way, but also making sure the indigenous people who are able or who have initiatives on how to bring back home. Like there's so many different things happening that I'm not even aware of, but like I feel like once we're able to bring them all in one space, or hopefully, then we can only continue to help each other. So I would also hope that one community who's had success in some ways with NAGPRA can help give ideas to another community who's who's not having um, any sort of groundwork being covered because of the museum. So maybe this can lend also to fighting the system. And yeah. <laughs> I always laugh because, and I say this a lot in my talks, but it's so true that um, these, the people who collected and were like, oh, these, these indigenous people are going to be extinct. Like really though, like our, out the outcome of it has been like we're actually now meaningfully sure here because we want to get our 
ancestors home or we want better representation. So it kind of didn't, it really didn't work. Yeah. That, <laughs> and it only emboldened us more, I think. And that's a, it's a double-edged sword, but it's also, I think, a beautiful thing. Yeah, I mean, it's so amazing that Indigenous people were really only meant to exist in museum displays or collections, but here we are doing this work, and there are so many more of us out there, you know, working incredibly hard every single day to reconnect with our ancestors, to bring them home, to change perceptions of Indigenous people um, in mainstream society, and so, yeah, I'm just really excited to be doing this project. Me too. And um, I will say that we have a speaker lined up for our first conversation. Um, someone I consider a mentor and sister, um, Upsala Gas scholar, curator extraordinaire, Nina Sanders, um, who I believe in that discussion will help us frame the ways and not only the ways museums should be moving forward, but also how, as different groups of communities, how we can. Um, lend support to one another when doing this type of work, um, as well as, you know, thinking about the future and what that looks like and how to respect tribal sovereignty and um, also give voice to her experience at the Field Museum as curator of Uppsala Get Women and Warriors, which is open there until July, <laughs> I want to say, <laughs> and um, how that experience helped shape some other ideas and things like that for not only herself, but for her community. Um, to, for me, at least Nina's voice uh, is so unique in that she's able to speak to many different things across many different um, institutions. So she could talk about repatriation. She could talk about law. She could talk about representation. She could talk about interventions and historical items. And she's kind of just someone who has all of this knowledge in one place. And so being able to have her speak to some of those topics, um, I think will help get the ball rolling on um, different topics of interest that people will have. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I think Miranda and I both, we had a speaker in mind for our first episode and it, both of us had Nina in mind. And so I'm just really excited to have her on as our um, first guest and um, yeah, just stay tuned for our first episode and um, episodes in the months to come. So in the meantime, please feel free to um, follow us on Instagram, which is exhibiting underscore kinships. Um, you can also find our website, like I said, which is exhibitingkinships.com. No exhibiting, underscore. Exhibitingkinshippodcast.com. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> See? Okay. This is why we have each other. Um, <laughs> on that website, you can find information about our Patreon. Um, that we are, we have many different tiers on there and you get special access to us in some of them. And we really want to be able to give our um, participants um, honorariums for their time and for sharing their expertise with us, as well as um, build up um, enough resources where we can provide you with high quality podcasts and high quality um, video recordings. Um, so that way, you know, we can have this is something we're doing on our on the side, not something that is our main um, job. So any help from anyone is very much appreciated. 
Um, and you can also find out more about us individually on the website. Yeah. And, um, I also added a feature for a newsletter sign up. Um, I think, I mean, we won't have an official newsletter at this point, but we'll keep you up to date on, um, upcoming episodes or any other events that we might be doing. Um, we recently had an Instagram live event and so we might be doing some more of those in the future. So, uh, go ahead and go to our website and subscribe if you want to stay up to date. We also have a calendar on the website and an email submission form if you would like to contact us, if you want to connect and maybe be a guest on the podcast or um, if you have a resource to share or just want to say hello. Yeah. And, or, you know, to also just say like, I didn't agree with you about this on that. Um, again, we want to be open to the, to the, all of the different range of experiences that people have. And we will also be uploading resources that will be available to you soon. Just some books or some maybe artists to follow or people like that. And one fun thing besides the whole exhibition being fun, or besides <laughs> that, besides the podcast being fun, is we are also going to highlight um, the different earring makers, the different people who make our earrings that are seen in the video recording, but also um, to highlight where you can get this because indigenous made fashion is for everybody. Um, it is meant as long as it's done respectfully and under, with um, an understanding that um, you should feel free to buy from these individuals. So we want to make sure that we give them space um, on our website and on the podcast. And so today I am wearing uh, Pat Pruitt, who is from Laguna Pueblo, um, who is a silversmith and creates these amazing um, dragonfly feather type of imprints that sometimes they're rainbow inspired or they're holographic, but he's amazing. And you have to be able to follow him on Instagram at Pat Pruitt. It's metal work. I think it's metal smith. Um, and he announces when he'll have a sale because they sell out very quickly um and a lot of indigenous artists do that so make sure you you follow him and pay attention yeah i mean and this is a special feature really for those who are uh watching the video which you can gain access to through patreon but we'll also be sure to uh, sure to share some images and links and whatnot on our instagram as well um but today i'm wearing earrings made by warren steven scott who is an amazing uh first nations artist there's some really cool i think they're acrylic uh kind of reflective rose gold um earrings that are based on um uh, like form line designs. And so um, they're really cool kind of contemporary earrings and you should definitely um, check them out. Yeah. We'll have many more. One thing about native people is that we love our earrings um, and we will have no shortage of them um, in the coming months. So if you have any questions about them or if you would like to be connected to these individuals, we'll be happy to provide those information as well. But, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that's, I mean, all we have for today. We covered all the, the basics of our introduction and yeah. Yeah. And what to look forward to. And I think that we're, we're in good, we're in good order. I think this will be fun. Um, so thank you everybody for listening and for, being patient with us as we figure out our 
schedule and how to better, you know, how to just format these things to make them a good listening experience for you as well. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you all in a couple of weeks. Bye.